Yeah, we know it'll never happen, but hey, it's worth a shot. Hollywood, hire us. I thought it was going to get that, but it didn't. <clears throat> Have you ever had your balls get caught in your boxer shorts when you're trying to, you know, pull them up really quick after you're going to the bathroom? <laughs> I, maybe? Is this a scene from a movie? No, it just happened to me, like, literally 20 minutes ago Oh, when I was leaving the office. I guess that's a good way to start the session. That yeah, is, that is our opening thoughts for the day. <laughs> I had something else that I was going to lead with, but now I don't remember. <laughs> Short round has joined us. Hi, buddy. Oh, I remember what it was. Um, internet, I have a task for you. I want someone to make me a TikTok, and I want you to take these two things and mash them up. I want you to have first the scene from Clerks Two where Dante is complaining that you never go ask to mouth, and then immediately after that. There needs to be a cut directly to Asia singing. It was the heat of the moment. <laughs> I think that would be brilliant. Oh, I had something that came up on my Facebook That's memories cool. and I wanted to revisit that. Um, yeah, I'll have to find it and talk over the singing toddler. <laughs> He's watching Anna music, which, by the way, we highly recommend. Yeah, this is a fan-made of their own with some creepy crash test dummy looking robots. Oh, this is an action? Okay, this is not the legitimate one. Okay. This is all the offshoots, yep. Offshoots that people... Hey, we like fan-made too. Oh, I saved it. Okay. April 7th, 2019, I came up with an idea of uh, Batman as produced by the WWE. Oh. Okay, I kind of vaguely remember this. I, I'll, here's my cast back in April of 2019. I've got some... Uh, new thoughts for new now? New thoughts for, yes. Batman with John Cena as Batman. Keep that. I'm good with that. Yeah, that seems legit. I want... Originally, it was going to be Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley. How are people going to fight Batman if they can't see them is my question, though. Well, it works to his favor, doesn't it? I mean, I guess. Um, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose as the Joker... Yes. Not now. No, no. I'm, I'm keeping it within the WWE realm. So, Bray Wyatt. Okay, I and can And you'll see, see why when I get to Bray Wyatt as Joker. Oh, frick. I know where this is going. Sami Zayn as Riddler. Okay. Ginger oh. for a ginger. I'll keep that. You're making Alexa Bliss uh, Harley. Alexa Quinn. Bliss is Harley Quinn. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, she is. Uh, I still want Stone Cold as Commissioner Gordon. Ooh. Ric Flair as Alfred. All right. <laughs> I would have gone Mick Foley, but okay. Uh, for Catwoman, I had Ruby Soho, but, you know, she's an AEW now, so I got to think of somebody WWE-wise. Catwoman's... Well, who do you have? Who do you have? Um, oh, I Mommy. Have, what? I don't have her as anything. There you go. There's your Rhea Catwoman. Ripley as Catwoman? Yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. Uh, and Becky Lynch as Poison Ivy. Okay, yeah. Brock right. Lesnar as Bane. Jesus, yeah. Uh, Vince McMahon as Two-Face. <laughs> That's still legit to this day. It is still <laughs> legit, but I'm like, there could be probably a better choice that's not, you know, in his late 70s. Mick Foley is Detective Harvey Bullock. Oh, okay. I... Yeah, maybe. 
I want to see Mick with like the trench coat and the fedora and be like this hard boiled like detective. I think he could pull it he's off. He's not an ass. He's not. He's not assholeish enough though. He could channel some Cactus Jack for it. I think. I guess so. Um, because if you've ever met Mick in person, he's such a sweet dude. Paul Heyman as Penguin. Yeah. Okay. Which would work, but I think Paul Heyman would also work better as like Maroni or. Falcone. Ah, Paul Paul Heyman would be a great Falcone. Like the mob he, boss. He could be a great he could be a good Fal- Falcone. And then we'll get Otis. As Penguin. As Penguin. Oh my god. Okay. Yes. Um <laughs> I even went so far as to cast uh Batwing, which is uh Lucius Fox's son. Mm-hmm. And as Kofi. Yeah, okay. I I'm sold on that one. He'd be great for that. Um, I have Bailey as Batgirl. This was pre heel turn for her. Um, ah, I'm still okay with Bailey as a Batgirl. Although I think like Liv Morgan would probably be a good one too. So now I'm lost. With who's gonna play one of the Robins? I had Zack Ryder. He's not in WWE anymore. So <laughs> like, who else would be a good Robin? Seth Rollins. Seth would be a good. Dick Grayson, Nightwing. Yeah, I think so. Jason Todd, Dominic Mysterio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. And Dolph Ziggler is Damian Wayne. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I like that he's the oldest one of the three that we picked and he's the and we cast him as the youngest. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be a good day. I couldn't think of a young John Cena to be Damian Wayne. You found more Easter eggs. Mm, Easter eggs. Oh, you found those. Yeah, they've got shapes in them. Uh, and then if we're going to keep going with the expanded WWE, WB universe, Roman Reigns is Aquaman. Okay. <laughs> I guess him and I mean, Momoa the, get he's confused. The clo- he's the closest one to being Momoa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. And you can keep the Usos as other Atlanteans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, 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 wait. So Rhea should be Wonder Woman. If I'm going with. Dolph Ziggler should be the Flash. Okay. Dolph Ziggler is the Flash. We'll give him Barry Allen. Rhea Ripley shouldn't be Catwoman. She should be Wonder Woman. Okay. So I, I mentioned we got Liv Morgan. There's no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Charlotte Flair is Wonder Woman, dude. I Rhea's bigger. <laughs> it looks more, Rhea looks more Amazonian. Although really, Beth Phoenix as Wonder Woman. Okay, there you go. I'll so I, I'll I'll go with that one. Which means I gotta bring Edge in here somewhere. Oh. I would say Edge for um you know, Ed, Edge would have been a good um Edge would also be a good um Nightwing. Oh, he could be a Robin. Yeah. Uh I'm trying to think of a good place. I'm trying to think of would Edge be a better hero or villain? Well, I guess you could always turn him into let's see, who who all did we have in the not Superman. Who would you who would you have for Superman? That I haven't figured out yet. I don't think you can have John Cena be both. 
<laughs> you know what? Let let's let's be real assholes. Let's make super. Let's make the Rock Superman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now the Rock would be Cyborg. Okay. If we're gonna bring in some legends out of that, so if I got legends to choose from for Superman, I don't know. That's good. That's a hard one to choose. Like. You would think, well, we got the Superman punch for Roman Reigns. And John Cena was basically booked as Superman for a while. What, yeah. what if you change up your casting? Cena is Superman. Make Taker Batman. Maybe. Uh, Taker, Taker's a, a good ominous figure, but he's more of a Rajah Ghoul, if you ask me. Ooh, shit. <laughs> he would be a great Rajah rule. <laughs> the Lazarus Pit explains a whole lot about Undertaker's uh, career. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, you're right about that one. That does kind of nail that. Okay, what... Is this Lindsay Sterling? Yeah, this is Lindsay Sterling, yes. Okay. He is obsessed with this music video, by the way, because there's a cowboy playing a guitar, and they fight, sort of... Yeah, I've, I've been kind of half watching it while we're talking. Yeah, it's called Roundtable Rival for anybody who wants to look up the song that Short Round is obsessed with. I have to fight with you. He has to come fight with me. See, he's got to come kick me because it's going to be the end of the video and I have to lose. Mm -hmm. I found out today that Little Big just put out a new... Ah! I, just, I just found out today that Little Big put out a new music uh, track called Pendejo. Oh, good Lord. I hope that means that there's an accompanying video because I love their videos. Their videos are always just absurd. They're always great. I actually think I enjoy their videos more so than Diane Words because Diane Words videos leave me going. I don't know if I should have watched that or not. <laughs> no, Little Big, it's always just ridiculous. It's more what did I just watch? Yeah. Versus why did I watch that? Because some, the... sometimes Diane Words stuff is like a short film that's just no plot. <laughs> The best one of Little Big's videos is the one is the one where um, Kim Jong Un is in love with the nuclear bomb. Oh, good lord! I can't remember the actual name of the song, but that's it's a great video. It's so good. So that was my. I wanted to revisit my DC universe with the WWE. So who would you have as like Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern? Well, I mean, we've already used Dolph. He'd be he'd be a good Lantern too. He'd be a good Hal. Well, you know, wait, wait, wait. You know who would be a good... Um, you know, I haven't cast him yet. Kevin Owens. He needs to be somebody. He'd be a good Harvey Bullock. If we don't do... Okay, yeah, he would be a great If we don't Harvey do Bullock, Mick... He would be a good Harvey Kevin Bullock. Owens is Harvey Bullock. I, I could see that. I'd like him as that. I think... Uh, I think uh, Biggie would be a good... Um, um, shoot, what's the other Green Lantern? Not how. John Stewart. Stewart, yeah. Yeah. Either him or Xavier Woods, either one. Actually, Xavier Woods might be better. But we need Biggie in there somewhere. Xavier's really, like, John Stewart's very serious, as far as what I've remembered. For the, I, I think Biggie can pull that off. Okay. Because uh, prior to being in New Day, Biggie was a serious character. Xavier's always kind of been a bit of a goof. Actually, I'll tell you what, if you really want someone serious, Bobby Lashley. Oh my God, he'd be a good John Stewart. Yeah, he'd be great. I mean, he's cut like a brick shit house. I'd give no, I do. I'd give Xavier the Martian Manhunter. There you go. We have to fight again. Oh, you've got a freaking weapon this time, kid. You're gonna hit me with it? Ah, oh, I 
like this Nancy Kerrigan meme. Why did you do that? <laughs> it's funny you say that because I've been watching a little documentary series called Dark Side of the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's on there. It's, I haven't, that hasn't popped up yet, surprisingly, but man, okay. there's been a lot of other stuff on there and it's been great. So apparently Dark Side of the Ring is going to do a Marty Jannetty episode. Oh, shit. That'll be insane, I'm sure. And I did finish the Dark Side of Dark Side of Comedy, and it, they were all sad, every one of them. Well, there were actually there was one that was actually had a had a nice. Dice's wasn't sad. Dice's wasn't terrible, and it has a nice moment if I can't remember. But just being a fan and following his career, and like this many years later, he's actually getting taken seriously as an actor, and he's in Oscar-nominated movies. Yeah. He's working with like Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. And there was another one at the very end of the dark side of comedy that was also had a redeeming story arc. And I can't remember which one it was. But man, the two that the two that were just depressing as all hell were the Artie. Artie Lang. Yeah. Artie Lang and Greg Giraldo. Greg, oh my yeah. God. Those were just so depressing because they had they had so much talent. And did so much drugs. And right. Just ruined them. Just ruined them. Yeah, that was my... And in Geraldo, in Geraldo's case, it was almost worse because he was super smart and should have known better. Like, he was smart enough to know that he was going south. Yeah. See, I don't know. I, I still, I'm still stuck on my Superman. Like, I still think Cena as Bruce Wayne just cracks me up. Because you couldn't have seen as Superman because they'd be like, look, it's a bird. It's a, I don't see anything. It'd yeah, be Westworld. Yeah, it looks yeah. like nothing uh, to me. Ho, ho, ho. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the, you got, you got the picture I sent you of uh, little John Cena over here. Yes. <laughs> Thug life forever. Uh, Thugonomics. Thugonomics. My favorite version of John Cena. <laughs> was the doctor of Thugonomics because it was so. I'm outlandish i bet he regrets every moment of that it, it, i think it represented a period in his life when he was into hip-hop really like he really was into hip-hop yeah much and do be able to come up with those freestyles and like insult people and finding a way to like not curse but curse like yeah I, that had to be fun for the creative factor i would think and then the fact that when he did that big feud with the rock he brought that back that's great I mean, I love, I, I, anytime that, oh, we're making a couch fort. Anytime John Cena, like, comes back, I want people to throw that in space, and I want him to come back out to that. I, I saw a good thing about the um, behind the scenes of the rivalry, the, of the rivalry with him and The Rock, and where they would, Cena was deliberately amping it up mm -hmm. to get The Rock to, to yeah. basically really come at him. Yeah. Oh, he did, because he... I saw a nice recant interview with John where he said he understands now that mm -hmm. what the rock did is what has allowed John to be as successful as he has in mm -hmm. acting. But now he understands that when you're doing movies, you go from movie to movie to movie. There's no time for anything else. No. But when John was wrestling full time, that was it. He yeah. lived and breathed that. And for the rock to say how much he loved the business and to never be there. Yeah. Out of ignorance, John Cena didn't understand how busy the schedule was for The Rock to be. Yeah. To be that successful that The Rock Rock had to jump through a lot of hoops, break through some barriers, get past the pro wrestler 
stigma. stigma. And he opened the door for a lot of other people to get into acting. And including, so that was it. Including John himself. Yeah. And, and that's what John said on that Rivals thing was that he purposefully on that interview, he didn't flat out insult The Rock. He questioned the love. Yeah. Of it. Like to his like you for one thing on lip service on how much you love this, but then you can't show up for an anniversary show. Yeah. He did that on purpose because he wanted to goad the rock into a match. Like he wanted to have a match with him at WrestleMania. Yeah. And but then they never cleared like the promos. They never really went over with each other. So they didn't know what the other was going to say. And the one of the best one of the best parts that he talks about is he says you can he says you can see the actual turn in the rock's face when he get he calls him out on having the notes on his arm. Mm-hmm. Someone backstage told Cena he was like, "Hey, did you see that the Rock's got notes on?" He's like, "Well, you can't tell me that and expect me to not use yeah, it now." Yeah, that's twenty seconds before his music hits and he's gonna go out there. They point that out, and he's like, "I." He's like, I "Gotta I do it now." <laughs> he's like, "I can't not say nothing about it now." And so, yeah, he's he said that's the moment where you see the Rock's expression change. From, Dude, yeah. Oh, it, it was a you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, oh, that's how we're playing this then. <laughs> and then when the Rock was like, "No, I rock bottomed him, rock bottomed him through the freaking mat." He, I mean, like he probably set that in a little bit harder because going at it, those two, like it was, it was bordering on a legit fight. Yeah, but that's what John wanted, so John would elevate his performance. Yeah, which would cause the Rock <laughs> to elevate his. So they were both trying to get the best out of each other, and they yeah. put on a hell of a match. And, and then the the behind the aftermatch thing. Did you see that where they're yeah hugging? yeah. And Cena Cena. Thanks for putting up with my shit. Yeah, he basically <laughs> he basically told he told the Rock he's like, do you see what I was trying to trying to get at? He's, you see what I was doing? The Rock's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Now I see, I see it. Like, and so when they did that rematch for the title, you know, a year later, they were actually um, they're more closer to friends. So they're able to actually kind of bounce ideas and like, right. wouldn't it be great if I said this and then you said that? They were actually able to have fun yeah. with the rivalry that time. Right. But the first time around, it was a legit. It was serious. Yeah. <laughs> it was legit shit. That's that. And that's when I think that's when wrestling is the best is when you can't tell. Like, yeah. We're, when we, it's we know. Oh, we know who's they already know who's going to win. This is scripted. But when those lines get blurred because you're like. Was he supposed to say that? Mm-hmm. That dude looks legit pissed off right now. Right. Yeah. That punch connected. Like. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Because I mean, they are. There's a lot of trust in what they do. That mm-hmm. they don't want to injure each other. Things go wrong. It happens. But there's a lot of trust in that art that they put. They perform. It's really easy for any of them who are legit badasses or could legit fight like Ken Shamrock, Brock Lesnar. Dude, yeah. Where they could, if they wanted to, take liberties and legit hurt somebody and go off script and it become a real fight. They could. Yeah. Back in the 70s and part of the early 80s, I think the legit fight thing happened more often than not. But that was a bunch of, you know, ham-fisted, alcoholic drug addicts. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like Kim Shamrock can actually actually mess you up he could and I, I saw an interview with him where he they were he was talking to hitman about what what he should do when he came into the wwe as a wrestler and uh hitman said ken just be you you're here because you're the most dangerous man 
just do that. Mm-hmm. And so Cam's like, well, it was easy. I just had to keep being myself. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> <clears throat> they, uh, they had a great interview with him. Um, one of the, one of the episodes of the dark side of the nineties was about the creation of the UFC. Oh, that would have been a cool one. I probably ought to it, look that one up. It is a good episode. Just to hear it, just to hear him. Cause the dude is way more intelligent than cameras ever gave him credit for. Oh yeah, absolutely. I saw him, met him in Owensboro at an event that Lawler was at. Buff Bagwell was there and, and Ken, and they had a nice little in-ring segment where they interviewed Ken Shamrock and he was talking about just different angles and things that were pitched and how he was supposed to get a title run, but then ah, something happened. Somebody got injured and mm-hmm. his whole, that thing all got scrapped. So he never yeah. got much more than an IC title. Yeah. And, uh, but then there someone brought up that Lesnar and Heyman were being mouthy and blah, blah, blah. blah and he said something out. Somebody asked him, like he was said about him coming out and like, you know, shutting Brock up. And he, he kind of went, you know, it's just, I mean, he hasn't mentioned me yet, but I mean, if he if he wants to talk shit, I'll gladly go snap his ankle, like, because <laughs> <laughs> that would be so great. Especially that was like right post streak, and when Brock was at this new heights as being this just monster, just going through everything. Mm-hmm. How awesome would it have been for someone to like just Ken's music to hit, and to have Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar both be like shocked that the most dangerous man is here and he's. He's coming for Brock Lesnar. Like, whoops. Because <laughs> you, 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 you could book that so close to legit fight where those lines would be blurred again. Like, you could oh, yeah. totally book it that way. And it would be fun. So, yeah, there was a little bit of wrestling nerddom. And the other thing you wanted to talk about, which I oh. only can think of like a couple movies... I- I don't know that we have a whole lot of time for it, but it was um, my idea was because marketing is a huge marketing is a huge deal for, you know, to sell any movie. And so I want to talk about some of the times where movies kind of they didn't like outright necessarily fail, but like the marketing kind of screwed the pooch and it could have been a bigger movie. There are there are two movies off the top of my head. I can think of where marketing failed the movie and that's mall rats and Zach and Mary. Absolutely. It, it absolutely did in those cases very much. So the marketing completely failed. Um, I would also argue that the marketing failed empire records as well. Probably those like those little, the ones that like, I'd say marketing failed most any cult following yeah. movie. So even well, days and confused had good marketing because it wasn't a complete and utter failure. But mall rats flopped. Zack and Mary flopped. Dogma flopped, but I don't know if that was a marketing or if that was the publicity's fault. <laughs> I think that was more publicity and as opposed to marketing. Um, and then by the flip side of the coin, you've got movies that were probably overhyped that weren't as good as the marketing would lead you to believe. Like, this happens a lot when you get, like, trailers that use footage that doesn't make it into the film. Until the, the studios decide that's what they're going to do to throw you off. Yeah. Hey, quit throwing things. Or for that matter, apparently WB's new tactic of, you know, just ruining cameos in your films by throwing them in the fucking trailer. And that was a good moment, too. For uh, Shazam 2, which was a fun movie. Dude, what the hell? What the hell did WB do with Shazam, speaking of? Because, like, okay, 
It came out in theaters like what the first or second week of March and like already like a week or so ago, it's available to buy already on fucking voodoo. I'm like, what the hell, what the hell happened to this um, idea of your theatrical window? What I've, you guys turn your back on that bullshit? What? It's pro- it's probably barely grandfathered in to even be acknowledged. I well, I, I watched it um pay-per-view as early access to some movies for theater, movie theater movies. Yeah. So I watched Shazam 2. Fun movie. Um a lot of mythological creatures show up for the Shazam fam to fight. Yay. Thus my DC and D. DC and D, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am happy to see that Dungeons and Dragons is beating all expectations oh my at the God, box that office. So that makes good. me very happy. Yes, I need, I was hoping it would be available early access because I would watch that. I'm trying to think of I, movies that were overhyped. Like, uh, I mean, Battlefield Earth was overhyped, but it was also a giant piece of crap. Yeah. I mean, to a degree, I mean... I haven't actually seen it yet, but I feel like John Carter probably didn't get the marketing that it should have because they really didn't know what to do with that fucking film. No, it didn't. It didn't get a there's and it was an OK movie. No, I I was about to say that that doesn't mean I'm saying it's a great film by any means because I haven't seen it, so I can't make a judgment call on that. But but then you have like other other marketing tactics like, okay, for like this most recent Avatar movie, it's been like what 13 years since the first one so in order to in order to make sure that we're going to put asses in seats you know they kind of really did have a pretty good go at the publicity the pr campaign for this thing i mean cameron was everywhere talking about it they you know they put out trailers and everything you know and it worked i mean say what you say what you will about it but Say what you will about the Avatar movies, but it worked. Cameron got hit. Cameron got his money, and he they, got people that in might, That might fall on the overhyped bit. Like at a certain point, when the media frenzy gets to, there's no way the movie's going to live up to it. I would argue that kind of happened with Twilight. Yes, the movies weren't great either, but they were. actually no. You know what? You know what? Fifty Shades of Grey, I think, deserves that one because it got hyped a lot. It did get hyped a lot for a poorly written series of books. And. But um, but yeah, I said it poorly written, but I remember like, okay, so I saw I know what you did last summer, right? Yeah. And then I saw a trailer for I still know what you did last summer, which has which it's a great trailer. And that scene is, I don't think it, if it's anywhere in the movie, it's just like a quick bit. It like has nothing to do with the actual film at all. And I'm just like, this was better than the actual film ended up being that trailer. <laughs> like, how, like, how do you do that? That's the type of shit I'm talking about. Or like, or like little bit. Now I know like Marvel famously did the thing in Infinity War with, with the Hulk switching it out so that you, you know, so that you didn't. Yeah, they they were trying to avoid spoiling it themselves. Right. They couldn't leave Bruce out of the trailer without causing a fucking stir. Like, oh my right. God, does Hulk die? Right. So they had to show Mark in there somehow. Yeah. Or show the Hulk in there somehow without yeah. showing Mark in the Hulkbuster yeah. armor. Like, they didn't want to give away a plot point as to... Because, I mean, really, like... Yeah. Thanos stands really no choice. He gets one chance to fight the Hulk. 
And I don't think he's going to stand much of a chance. Yeah. Because if the if the Hulk can't even kill himself, what, right. stands, what chance does Thanos stand? Thanos did pretty good with him. Kind of mopped the floor with him. Yeah. But by that point, Thanos also had the power stone. Yes. But then again, like, like what was it Thor said, it was like, he only fought me once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, but the thing is, though, like, Stuff like that I understand because you don't want to ruin, you don't want to spoil stuff. And honestly, Marvel at this point, Marvel doesn't even need to market their movies anymore. They could just like, they could like do absolutely zero publicity and just put out trailers and the movies would still sell. <laughs> they don't even need trailers so much as they No, they just, really don't. They just need... Like a teaser. They just need music with like a dark screen and then the lights fade in and you got the freaking superhero logo for whatever property it is. Yeah. Coming whatever day, year, month, whatever. That's all they need yeah. at this point. Yeah. DC on the other hand still needs to figure out how to market their shit. Oh, did you speaking of DC? Uh this is not to say that it's anywhere near the realm of a reality or even a real possibility, but James Gunn said now that he's in charge, the possibilities of a crossover are more realistic. Right, because Marvel Studios is more favorable to gun. To gun. But that doesn't mean it's anywhere near the realm of possibility. Of course not. But with him in charge, it's now just a little bit closer. Right. (laughs) See, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. He appreciates James Gunn's humor. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd like to see that. but But first, DC needs to figure out what the hell they're doing. I I think going into that head first would be a terrible idea. Blue Beetle looks interesting. I know nothing about the character. It does look interesting. There apparently there was a trailer for the Marvels that just came out and I haven't seen it. I yet. haven't seen it, but I know Kamala Khan's in it, along with Nick Fury and obviously Monica Rambo and Captain Marvel Carol Danvers. And Goose. The Flurkin's back. Fucking really? Yep. Huh. I've seen like some shots of like team up things. It's like, ah, God, is it Fury and Rambo and then Kamala and Goose or something like that? I think it's just really Kamala's on the floor and there's Goose, the cat, but he's doing the weird flirking thing and freaking her the hell out. (laughs) (laughs) So I, that'll be fun. Um, What do you do? We have a tiny person under the table. We do. Okay. He's no, he's over there now. He's found his way up onto the bench. Um, what other movies were just marketing was too too much for him? I don't know. Sometimes when they get to that point, I just stop paying attention. Right. Yeah. I I didn't really have any good examples. I just thought it was a fun topic. It is. A, it's a fun topic to think about. I'm sure I could probably. It's what's on. That is Anna music right there. Legit. Look at that. Look at that giant guitar. Look at that three neck guitar with whistles. Future retro is the name of the song for those of you keeping track at home. (laughs) Or as he calls it, the green guitar song. That's fair. (laughs) And there's the melody if you needed to know it. But anywho, that was really all I've got. I've got to leave in like three minutes. So, okay. But a little, little bit shorter of an episode today, but probably for the best, honestly, we were, if, if I'd had more time 
my my uh my day job is kind of cutting into my time. <laughs> well, at least you have one of those. I didn't want to rub it in. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll figure something out. Which is a good way to segue into my ending. It's like, hey, hey, Hollywood, fucking seriously. Seriously, hire us. Hire us. Or at least, at least Proctor Jones, anyway. Please.